All right, welcome to Car Thoughts with David, everyone. Uh, I'm your host as always, David Cowart, and today I am joined by Miss Sarah Troy. She is the owner, creator, manager, Grand Pumbaa at uh, Self-Discovery Media, um, which is a podcasting and uh, I believe also radio um, uh, network uh, with multiple different podcasters and uh, shows. And, uh, you know, she, she, you know, devotes her shows and what she does to trying to make an impact and a difference in people's lives every day and to bring, um, you know, a change into the world. So, uh, Sarah, if you'd like to introduce yourself and we'll get started. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show, David. It was an absolute delight having you on mine. Um, you know, podcasts stick together, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes, I was formerly known as Self-Discovery Radio, uh, recently changed and rebranded to Self-Discovery Media because we are expanding. Um, there's around 2,300 plus collective shows on the network. Uh, it's from myself and other hosts. We have many, many genres. Uh, we love celebrating those that make a difference in the lives of others because they made a difference in their lives for themselves. So it's people that have taken the journey, people that have embraced that redirect, they've stepped into their meaningful purpose. I kind of call it like this it's you know they've embraced their instrument in life they're learning to perfect it so they can bring it to the orchestra where they play the beautiful music that invites others to go on their own journey um being seven years in april been doing podcasting six years in june with my own network um expanding out into books and directory and uh, uh tutorial podcasts and documentaries and uh, a number of other things so it's spreading its own wings Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what anytime you're doing something that is making a difference um, in the world or in the lives of others around you, you know, it's going to grow because good, good spreads, you know, it's, it's like uh, taking a, a fresh warm butter over a slice of toast. It just, it just spreads really easily. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and tastes damn good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So so how did you kind of get into this or what, what brought you to the idea of doing radio? Were you doing that before and just decided to branch out onto your own or, or you know, where did well, that, that passion come from? It actually came about through a depression, um, which is one of my little nemesis. And I'd written an article or, or did a blog or something. And I was talking to somebody else who was having it. And somebody else, Michelle Abreu from um, another network, uh, which is no longer in production, um, saw it and saw my site and said, I think you should be on my network. And I had never done podcasting before. The first one I did, which was live, I pressed all the wrong buttons. I had airplanes going over me and she couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear her. I mean, it was just a Monty Python skit. And she said, at the end, do you want to continue? And I said, it can't get worse from here. Well, for, you know, doing live shows is a wonderful training ground uh, because, yes, things can get worse from here. You know, your, your uh, guests can drop. You can drop in a call. You know, all sorts of things can go on. But it really taught me a lot. And I knew that I wanted to expand out, which she didn't. And so then I went into my own. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a fairly similar story with me. I had kind of just gotten to the point where I was like, I don't really know what else to do. Nothing mm -hmm. in my life that I'm doing is fulfilling. And uh, I found that podcasting is very good therapy. <laughs> you know, yes, the opportunity God, yes. to get those things off <laughs> of your chest and, and just speak them. And then you press upload and it's done. You know, it's kind of like a performance. You went out on stage, you've left everything on, on the stage mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you walk away. So, yeah. 
it's also the people that you meet. I mean, yes. you know, I, I have said completely therapy. I have met people who are absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, the, their life lessons that have brought them to their purpose today and the skills and the knowledge that they share is just, you know, mind-blowing. And, and I always prefer knowledge that has been personally learned as opposed to coming from a book. Um, if it's in the book from their personal journey, great, but not just like a manual. Um, and you find so much about yourself in those stories and it helps you, you know, that's why it's called self-discovery that, you know, that self-discovery of yourself and all the many layers that we have. So it's very, very intriguing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And that's one thing that I've also learned is, you know, when you're just having a regular conversation with somebody, certain topics may never come up, but when you're interviewing somebody on a podcast mm -hmm. and you have that targeted purpose behind why you're talking with them, it kind of opens up those avenues that might not have been open to you from a regular uh, conversation. So if you're a person that just really likes talking to people, um, you know, I feel like podcasting is a good fit for those type of people because that will really help them grow as a person in ways that they never really imagined. <laughs> Right. Exactly. I mean, this, you know, we, we discover how many wings we actually have or how many feathers on the wings, perhaps I should say. Um, but I also think it gives us a great deal of hope in the human race. You know, I have to say that my depression was brought about just from completely despondency of the where we were going in the world. And then you interview those people that are really, you know, they really have every excuse to be miserable, but they've chosen not to be. They've chosen to learn from their experience and uh, to seek out to do something better or, or uh, you know, make something better. And it's such an inspiration to see people, you know, of such light. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it, it, it um, especially in a lot of cases, you're interviewing that person about what they're passionate about. So it might be a book. It may be, mm -hmm. you know, a podcast. It may be, you know, whatever the subject may be, uh, coaching. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, it gives them that uh, platform. So since it's something they're passionate about, it, it brings out that joy in them, which, yeah. you know, uh, rubs off on you because, you know, you're transferring that energy and that, that electricity and magic uh, between each other while you're talking about, you know, a shared experience or, um, you know, something that they're passionate about or you're passionate about so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really an amazing platform. Yes, it's a privilege, actually, isn't it? It really is because we, you know, the thing is, if they're, if they're on other medias, they can have got it maybe if they're lucky a two-minute slot, and so much to get into that time, and there's so much that they're not allowed to talk about. And with podcasting, we're so open and honest here, and we really do let people have that platform to speak to what they need to speak about, and there isn't that filtration. Obviously, there's a code of conduct. But it's just, I find it such an honest platform where really things can be laid out, you know, in all their glory, all their misery, whatever it is. <laughs> well, yeah, and you never quite know, like for, for those that are listening to the show, what, you know, something you might not have thought of too much. And then mm. you realize that, oh, wow, this is really, you know, this was really profound to someone else or this uh, brought up something in, in them that they didn't realize. Like, for instance, when I was on your show last week, I had mentioned how I had just been kind of flooded with uh, uh, interviews 
uh, on the show. And uh, I got a I got a message from Elaine this morning. She was like, "Hey, I listened to <laughs> your show with with uh, Sarah, and and she's like, am I sending you too many people? You said you were flooded.' I was like, no, no, no. I didn't mean flooded in that. I just meant from it went from like like famine to feast all of a sudden it was just yes, like yes no interviews to i've got interviews almost every single day and that's fantastic so so you know i was able to set her mind at ease there but yes yeah, she was like yes. afraid that she was sending too many people my way <laughs> <laughs> and you know people like elaine you know um you know and, and this is the thing about people people say how do you find your people well initially i used to kind of discover them by a blog or something they'd done or a ted talk or you know a, a reach out to somebody because i like their platform you know now i i've got to a point where you know my reputation precedes me and people send me people and you know I, I met Elaine on on LinkedIn and then of course she sent me you and and she's other people and I'm going to be interviewing her and that's the thing about it it's, it's that beautiful big c word collaboration you know where we support one another and and in doing so we realize we all benefit don't we Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's plenty of room at the table. There's plenty of, of, uh, you know, um, you know, things to go around. It's not like there's like, Oh, if you don't get, if you don't get in on this right now, you're going to lose out on it forever. Right. And, uh, you know, so, so working with people, uh, is really to benefit because I mean, uh, meeting people like Elaine and s several other people that I've met, uh, through podcasting has opened me up to so many different interviews, mm. so many amazing people that I've gotten to meet and talk to and people that there's no way on earth I would have ever interacted with otherwise, um, yes. as a result because of that collaboration. Yes. And also it makes our world so much smaller. You know, when you're interviewing people from around the world, different cultures, different religions, different ways of living, but the common denominator, you know, is the fact that we want this world's vibration to rise up and everybody kind of come to the table or come to the, come to the orchestra with their, with their beautiful instrument. Let's start making music that resonates out. Uh, and you really do see how much people are doing around the world in, you know, whatever their chosen field is, the passion and the conviction that goes into it and it does really show you the, you know the cnn effect i you know call it a pimple that they blow up into a volcanic eruption and it's all about sensationalism it's all about keeping everybody you know um engaged through fear or you know titillation it's not um honest truth and it's not ever solution based and when we interview the people who have got solutions it really it just gives you so much hope that yes we can turn things around we can become a better race <laughs> oh absolutely and like you said it's all like when with the news um it's all about sensationalism mm. and and showing things at certain angles and this you saying that actually brought up this memory i had uh, i was out in uh, los angeles um uh several years ago and went to the to the to the uh Rom's Chinese theater, um, you know, where all the movie premieres were. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you go and look at it. And if you're looking, you're facing the theater, everything looks so pretty and so nice. And you turn around and it is like, like, like bad neighborhood. Like there might mm -hmm. be drug dealers <laughs> on the other side. And it's like, so amazing. Like whenever they film the, the Emmys and, and all of these movie premieres, you know, they, you never saw any of that. The way they filmed it was like, they were just looking at the good stuff. And it's like, you know, that made me think like, why can't the news 
do that, like film and look from the good perspective instead of always the negative or the bad perspective or across the street, so to speak. Um, and, and, and I think that's what podcasting and, and all of us that are standing up and saying, hey, we want to go out there and put something out into this world by ourselves it's allowing us to do so we can show off the good and show off those um, positive things and, and those good things where people are trying to change the world. Yes. And there are many, aren't there? Um, and it doesn't matter what platform, you know, I've just had the wonderful Keshi back on. And for those that don't know, know her, she's a, a burn victim, 65% um, of her body burn victim in a plane crash. And, you know, and, and, and disfigured, you know, you can't help but see the, the scars and just had to have a body rebuilt. And she went on America's Got Talent. I mean, that in itself, to stand there on that stage in front of millions of people uh, and put herself out there. And, you know, she is a beautiful singer and she made it to the finals. They brought her back for the champion. She got the golden buzzer. And this is one of the most honest, real, down to earth souls you'll ever meet. And such an inspiration because she's grateful for life. She's grateful for what she can do, not what she can't do. And that in itself, when you think you're having a bad day, it's wonderful to, to fall and listen to something like that because it lifts you right back up again. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you said, there's so many, um, you know, so many different mediums for that now. So many people that are able to go to places where they might not have been able to go. Like for instance, America's Got Talent. I mean, before, mm. before, if you wanted to be a singer, you had to go somewhere where there was music going on, like Nashville or Atlanta or Los Angeles. You had to go to those big places and, and sit there and scrape and edge on. And, and now you've got this opportunity to like well you know if they come close i can i can go and um try out and then you know maybe change my change my destiny change my stars we've seen a different paradigm aren't we like things like the voice where it's not about what you look like or how old you are it is about the voice and you know as i said to Kashi, 10 years ago if she had gone on the show she probably wouldn't even have been allowed in because it was all about an image, a perception they wanted to put out. And I think, you know, things like Susan Boyle and a few other people changed that perception. And then it came about, honest to God, you know, heart, talent, not the package that it came in, which I think is a reflection on society and where we're wanting to go now. We're tired of the Barbie and Kens. You know, we would like uh, all these reality shows that are so unreal, <laughs> generally. Right. Um, you know, we really do want some reality in our lives that reflects uh, who we are as a community, the everyday people. And I think we're beginning to see that and place honor on the everyday people and respect on them and not say, well, you have to be a millionaire or a billionaire or, you know, this size or that blonde hair and those blue eyes, you know, it's, um, times are changing. And, you know, a lot of it is to do the way the media is changing, but in all think a lot to do with podcasting because the honest stories are being told. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really the thing is, is I think people are realizing that it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what you look like, like you said, you know, if you've got the talent, the skill, the ability, the desire, the passion or the drive, you can do it, you know, cause I, I and I, I even, you know, think back to like in music, like you said, like 10 years ago, she might not have ever made it. Um, but mm -hmm. like, you know, you look back at like 
the 60s and 70s in music and you know a lot of these people look kind of rough they looked like just average yeah. people you know they weren't they weren't and even in sports you know uh, uh athletes didn't always have these like perfect bodies and chiseled Eight faces packs. and all this <laughs> yeah they 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 you know they had like they just look like normal guys but they could hit a baseball or or mm -hmm. kick a soccer ball really really well and they were they were signed to a team and and played professionally and now it's like oh you have to have a look and a and a persona and this like corporate image and 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 then like with reality tv you know everybody's just trying to reach for like we want something real we're tired of all this fake we're tired of all this processed sugar we want natural uh yes. you know we want we want back to back to our true selves you know yes Yes, sweeten it with natural honey. Forget about the cigarette. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, I think that is that's where the world is going. You know, there's a, there's a reason why there's been such a disruption in the world with politics and things, and and a few people that need not need to be mentioned. That you know, the reason why they are there is to actually show how low we've gone and how bad we've become but it was a wonderful invitation to say well what are you going to do about it how are you going to rise up together because i think we lost our way in you know we are a village we are a community we are a village we need each other and we became very isolated and insulated i don't need anyone else as long as i'm all right jack and then we find everything crumbling around us so when we actually pay attention to what's around us and who's around us and look for that village we actually create a much more sustainable and stable environment for us all to blossom and, and grow in oh yeah absolutely i mean and that's a, that's really the thing too is you know uh, it's one thing that i keep seeing circulating on social media is you'll never know how far how far you're come or how um you know, what you're capable of until you've hit rock bottom. And I think in a lot of ways, in a lot of different areas, um, you know, in, in the world, a, a lot of us have hit that rock bottom where we're like, wow, you know, everything's kind of falling apart around us. Let's, we, we need like the environment, we, you know, there's yes. finally like electric cars and, and um, you know, all of these great inventions are being made like by the people who have studied, you know, Tesla's work. And it's like, why wasn't this stuff happening? You yeah. know, the first electric car was invented in the 1800s. It was mm -hmm. actually predated the the combustible engine gasoline car and yet here we are driving cars that run off of fossil fuel 200 years later why <laughs> you know yeah, so. yeah. absolutely yeah. and and uh, you know the i've done quite a few things on tesla actually and it's some of his innovations because he was a channeler you know he had the intellect to understand the wisdom that was being channeled through to him and he just, you know, developed whatever he channeled. And, uh, you know, when he just race, you know, got raped and pillaged, quite honestly, um, you know, by Einstein and, and that establishment, um, you know, he turned to kind of uh, solar panels as energy healing and, uh, you know, raising up a vibration. He was somebody that really kind of came from the heart and the soul and the intuition of it. And so we're only scratching the surface of what he he opened the doors to so long ago and we're beginning to use all these beautiful innovations um in different ways now and it's finally his time has come and because he was not ever based in greed it was always about what he could give away free oh yeah yeah i mean and that was a thing and, and that's what um 
what Edison didn't have was the fact that he was always in it for the money because Tesla worked for Edison and created all this stuff for him. And then Edison was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to pay you for that. You were you were just working for free yes. <laughs> for, for that. Um, you know, that's that's part. So, you know, so basically stole all that from right under his under right. his nose. And it's like, oh, OK, well, um, yeah, no, I, I intended to make money off of that. That's why it worked for you. <laughs> so. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that is kind of, there's always a fork in the road, isn't there? And the fork in the road was, do we get behind Tesla, who's free energy, where everybody benefits? So do we, you know, do the few get behind Edison where we, oh, we can capitalize on this. And, you know, there was that human choice and capitalization, you know, raised its head and uh, we've seen where that's gone. And, you know, now I think that paradigm is going back to, not everything obviously can, can be free because things have to be operated, but it is going back as being able to give as much weight as possible so that everybody has a chance at that abundance and not just the few. So it comes down to our own lives, doesn't it? We always have a fork in the road. Which path are we going to take? And I think a lot of us have to listen to our soul knowledge, our wisdom, not just our head knowledge to know which way to go in life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's true. It's like what we were ta talking about with, uh, with stories and storytelling, you know, mm -hmm. there's always that, that struggle, that good versus evil, that which way is, is the wind going to blow, you know, what choice are they going to make? And I mean, that's, that's so true. And I think that's the reason why we love those types of stories is simply because they resonate with, with, what life is is you know every day i wake up am i going to do this am i going to do that every choice we make is is a 50 50 depending on you know what we feel like doing like for instance i didn't really feel like going to work this morning i was feeling kind of uh, a little bit under the weather and i was like you know what i'm going to go to work it's probably it's probably going to pass it's just allergies and you know i came into work and you know that was a that was a choice so um you know Definitely, um, I think a lot more people are realizing that, you know, making the right choices and, and making a difference in the world is important. It's also, you know, knowing when to push yourself and when not. You know, allergies are irritating and unless they completely and utterly cripple you, they're really not a thing to hold you back. They're just, you know, okay, I have to take this annoyance with me. Um, but I'm not going to let it get in the way of what I need or want to do. And I think, you know, interviewing people like Keshi and a number of other people that have had some incredible challenges in their life. I really don't know how they got back up on their feet, but they did. And even in the challenge that they're in today with not being able to operate, uh, you know, at full optimum, and they go, okay, I'm only operating at 40% or 50%, but I'm going to use that 50% to the best of my ability. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's not looking at what we haven't got or what we can't do. It's looking at what we can do. And, you know, we're just not pushing ourselves to the point where it's going to hurt us, but pushing ourselves through just to see how strong and courageous we really can be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, uh, I know a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I was Delta, uh, you know, bad, bad hand in life. And I didn't get this. I didn't get that. People always look at the, you know, like what they don't have. And it's more important to look at what you do have because, you know, there may be something in, in, um, in there that you just didn't realize that you could use uh, to your benefit or to your mm -hmm. advantage to to make you successful or to allow you to accomplish something that 
you never thought you could do. Most people probably never thought you could do, and but you were able to do it anyway because you looked at what you did have. Isn't it fantastic to look back and go, oh my God, I did that. I never thought I could. You know, you, you get people, but I've never done that before. That, the story of my life is, no, I've never done it before. Let's give it a try. You know, um, I've walked into, into jobs with, you know, uh, no, I've never done it, but let's give it a try. And I've ended up in positions that, you know, it's, you could, if you have the ability to learn, you'll learn as you go. I don't recommend it for neurosurgeons. I don't want anybody operating on my brain that hasn't got the credentials. But, you know, there's so much in life that we, we have a certain amount of knowledge that we carry with us no matter what we're doing. And the only way we're going to know if we can do something is if we give it a try, right? You give it a try, see if it fits. If it doesn't fit, fine, move on to something else. If it does fit, see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and uh, to like even simplify that to the point, you know, most people wouldn't buy a pair of shoes unless they tried them on. But, mm -hmm. you know, so, so the, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we, we as a society, uh, clothes, you know, a car, you know, and things like that, we go out there and we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. So I'm going to go try this out or we go to a restaurant. I'm like, I'm not really sure, but whatever that thing is, it's still moving and staring at me, but they said I'm supposed <laughs> to eat it while it's still alive. And, um, but I'm going to try it. So you take your chopsticks and you, know, you pick up that octo uh, octopus and you start eating it, you know, and it's, that's what we do in life. And, and oh, you're braver than me. You're braver <laughs> oh, than me. I, no, I, 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 I like him dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I think that's the point is like you said, you know, it's not just, you know, it need, we need to be that way with our, our life choices as well, not yeah. just with food or cars or, or shoes or, clothing or things like that you know just try it you might like it you might not well there's no harm you just move on to the next thing until you find what your passion is i mean we're really unlimited you know in so many ways but we've been brought up to be limited we've been brought up you know society's expectations to uh, find our box and stay in it and don't you know don't rock the boat just follow orders and we're in a revolution right now we're in a soul and heart revolution that says no do not conform to what they call the norm because that's not normal normal is constantly being your fluidity of life constantly in the flow tapping into those beautiful energies seeing where they can go what do they ignite in you what can you bring to the table um what abilities do you have that you never knew you had? Be willing to explore yourself and the opportunities that are before you. So I think right now, in any form of conformity and box and fitting in what normalization is, is being thrown out the window. And in that self-discovery, people are really discovering how awesome they are and how much they can do, which they never, ever allowed themselves to do before. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there was always that that negative connotation if you if you stood out. You know, I mean, I've told people several times. I said, you know, I know good and well. If I would have been born in the '30s or '40s, I probably would have been put in an asylum. You know, because of the thoughts, I had, <laughs> the things I've come up yes. with or created. But now, in today's society, if I say, "Wow, this is really cool," you know, like like these little electric scooters that are all the rage in these cities now. I mean, coming up with something like that. I mean. Even when they first started showing up here in, in, in Charlotte, you know, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe anybody would ever ride those. Why would they be so lazy? They could just walk. Now, 
I think see these things zipping around like crazy, and it's it's amazing, you know, now that we're so much a more accepting society of ideas and inventions and new mm. things versus, you know, te- even even as little as ten years ago. Well, that's where technology really has raised the beautiful creative head. You know, we've actually discovered <clears throat> in some ways where technology is so much more advanced than we are, and we're trying to catch up. Or, or find a, a nice balance of it, you know, where technical can enhance our lives and, and help create in partnership with us, but not at the expense of us, which is what we see with, with some of the technology. But when we look at technology and the advancement that it makes and how much further it can take us as a tool, as, as a partner, you know, then it opens up our doors so much more to well, what if, what if I did this? What if I could do that? You know, what if we did this? And that's it's, where it's such a beautiful, creative time. Possibilities, I think it's wondrous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing that I, I'm so excited about because to have that ability to actually experience all of these things, um, to see all these great creations. Um, you know, as a kid, I remember watching, like, the Jetsons and thinking, like, oh, you know, that'd be so nice to be able to have a machine that wrote that vacuums the floor and now I've got a machine that vacuums <laughs> yeah. my floor for you and and just to think that somebody said they, they were probably doing the exact same thing I was watching the Jets and saying like wow mm. that'd be fantastic and I'm still waiting for the car and the suitcase yes yeah the car <laughs> and the suitcase and actually in in Japan I actually was doing it because I we actually brought this up to I just realized in our previous interview I actually had looked that up uh, they actually do have like this little go-kart car that in Japan that actually folds into a suitcase um, I don't know how far it went as far as like you know, how many people have them but i did see that that actually had been invented so that was kind of neat we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> and now we just need them to fly and we'll be all set <laughs> yeah oh there are flying vehicles oh right? yeah no i meant the yeah. suitcase one <laughs> right yes <laughs> Where, where's harry potter <laughs> yeah um and you know this is something that i found quite fascinating i don't know if you have with your interviews it's you know i've interviewed people that are very um very scientific but what's so beautiful and, and came up with one of my conversations in the show where the science, you know, when we went into quantum energy rather than just quantum physics, but quantum energy, which seemed to be something that people could understand more, something they could measure. They realized that people who chosen to live in spirituality are actually living in higher vibration of frequency that they could measure. So instead of spirituality all being about kumbaya uh, and, you know, airy-fairy, they're actually understanding that those that have risen up to a certain energy and frequency, they can measure. And that is what is called that spirituality where people are, you know, uh, riding on a higher vibe. And so science and and spirituality or, or love even, I mean, you hear so many scientists now actually addressing love as a high vibration the Emoto, uh, you know, experiment with the water, you know, and it's so wonderful to see science and, and everyday life merging as a one instead of being something that's so separate that, you know, most understand what it is about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's, um, you know, and you think about like, um, you know, when you're speaking about vibrations, even in music, you know, lower, uh, lower tone sounds like like more bass notes vibrate at a at a lower frequency and and higher pitch sounds uh, vibrate at a, a much higher frequency and a faster pace and uh, you know I think in a lot of ways art and nature life science 
technology, all of these things actually work on very similar principles. It's mm -hmm. just getting to the point now where we're realizing like, oh, wow, this this thing, this about music and this about life and this about spirituality and this about this, you know, it's all the same. There's all the same principles. It's just the means wherewith they're delivered to, you know, people and take it and, you know, delivered from people. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, things are becoming a little more mainstream, which is again, you know, the internet um, is a wonderful tool. We couldn't be doing these shows without them. Um, it, obviously, it has this deep, dark web. Everything has a, a, a negative and a positive to it. It's a question of what we feed. But because we're, you know, we can Google things and we can look things up, it's opening up our world so much to actually understanding and, and breaking down those walls of limitations and inviting people to explore more, you know, into what is possible, um, what is happening. So, the time of ignorance really is a choice, isn't it? Because we don't need to be ignorant. There's so much information out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could discover so much, um, you know, just with, you know, being curious. Um, you know, I would sit in front of my computer and, uh, you know, and I used to do this at the library before computers were really a thing. But, uh, you know, I yes. used to just be like, I'm curious about learning about this. And I would just start Googling it. You know, I mean, like I, I read about, you know, how windshield wiper blades worked on airplanes and and the history of this society and and about this war this culture or you know I just like whatever would pop into my mind I could sit there and actually research and pull it up and just absorb that and you know there was no limits it was just like wow okay cool next next thing let's you know I was kind of like uh, Johnny Five from that old movie Short Circuit I was like input <laughs> input more input um, you know I just was like constantly in front of my computer learning and and building and creating and and uh, you know I've learned so much and and a lot of people are like well David why do you know that you could go on Jeopardy but why I'm like well yeah but now I can tell you these random facts and you could ask me why I know that so that's fun mm. too <laughs> right exactly but you know you, you you know you're talking about like you know uh, Johnny Five yes downloading which of course then we you know seen uh, many other movies do that type of thing which we always think Matrix of course you know I want yeah. to be able to fly <laughs> goes the program but you know when we actually look at how far we've come with computers in a lifetime. You know, I'm a six decader. So the things that have gone on in six decades uh, are just astronomical. And I, you know, I'm probably one of the last generations where, you know, before computer, um, you know, BC, you know, that we, you know, got out and played and, you know, we had to turn the TV by the knob and, you know, the phones were attached by the wire and you had to dial them. And now you look at it, you can have an entire computer in your watch on your wrist. And I don't think any time in, in our historical history that we know of that we've had so many advancements over such a short period of time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's so true. I mean, I, one one story that I remember, um, I was I was waiting for my wife. We were at the mall, and uh, she had ran into the restroom, and there happened to be payphones in this in this mall, which mm -hmm. was kind of. I mean, I was sitting there just staring at them, kind of in awe because I was like, "Wow, you don't see those every day." Yeah. So these these children come out of the restroom with their 
mother and their father was staying there. He was kind of staying there where I was. And they ran straight to these payphone like, Mommy, Daddy, what are these things? <laughs> they had no idea. You know, and, and we're talking, they were maybe eight or nine. And, and just that whole concept just kind of took me back. And I like laser focused in on this conversation that was happening between these children and their parents because they were sitting there explaining like, yeah, see this? This is a phone handset. And see, it's attached with a cord. And that's not so somebody doesn't steal it. That it had to have a cord so you could actually talk on it. So you couldn't just walk around and talk to grandma like you do now with the FaceTime. And they're explaining this whole elaborate explanation about how payphones work and how things worked when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And these, the parents were younger than I am. They were probably in their, you know, maybe 20s. And, uh, you know, so I was sitting there thinking like, gosh, man, I, you know, I feel old because I'm, <laughs> these, what I would consider kids explain what a payphone is to their children. <laughs> and right. and it, was, it was quite humorous. And I was just laughing. I was almost in tears when they were walking off. And then my mm-hmm. wife comes out of the restroom and she's like, what are you laughing about? <laughs> so I had to go and explain the whole story to her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you said, there's been so many massive changes. I mean, I remember uh, my first telephone was a rotary dial phone uh, my first television was a black and white rca mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. the turn knobs um and matter of fact the first the first time i watched a, an r-rated movie uh was on television and it was on my black and white television i watched the terminator <laughs> on, <laughs> on black and white television and uh and it was it was quite uh funny to think like wow you know i had a, a a small little tiny black and white TV. And now I've got a, you know, this huge color TV that's about as thick as, you know, a, a notebook and, you know, computers and cell phones and, and smart watches and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm not that old. It, it doesn't feel like there should have been yes. advancements in this, in this period of time. Yeah. And, you know, of course, when you look at the phone booth, it's like, well, isn't that Superman's changing room? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah 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 i, I actually I, do they have to lot. change that now because you know with no phone booths where does superman go to change yeah that, i had actually read an article about that where somebody was writing it was like a comedic article where they were like you know with phone booths going out of out of style you know we have superman where's he you know he's yeah. gonna have to go to dressing rooms and apartment <laughs> stores how's that works so. right yes <laughs> and there was a great thing on facebook of you know showing a TV with the cat lying on top and then just looking at a few years later where the cat's kind of, you know, balancing on top on an inch TV, <laughs> like, where's my, where's my platform? But we have come so fast, haven't we? And, you know, I think a lot of it is, it's made us lazy because, you know, uh, and also now, you know, texting and driving deaths are higher than drinking and driving. And uh, we see people walking into poles, walking into streets, not looking up at who's around them, not having conversations with each other at the table because everybody's now glued to the apparatus. You know, people, you don't need robots to take over the world. They already have. They've just sucked you right into this little device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's... I mean, that's, that's so true too. I mean, they even made a point in, I think it was the last Terminator movie where they were talking about that, like Skynet doesn't need to take over. It already has because yeah. everyone's just yeah. sitting there on their phones the whole time. Yeah. And then, um, the only place where I've actually experienced that where people 
and I don't know, they might, uh, but when I was in London, um, everybody actually just seemed to know, like when the lights would change, when it was safe to walk, um, they wouldn't look up from their phone at all. They would just stop. And I mean, I don't know, maybe they were looking up just with their eyes and not tilting their head up. But I mean, mm -hmm. they'd just be walking around, just looking straight at their phone. They'd stop when they're supposed to. They'd walk when they're supposed to. And I'm like, what kind of magic is this? Is this like some kind of Harry Potter <laughs> spell or something? I don't know how they're doing this. Because, you know, in America, we'd walk right out and get creamed by a bus. Yes. I've seen it, actually, in the building I work at. We've seen people mm. actually walk across the street and get hit by buses out of our window um, because they were looking at their cell phone. And, uh, yeah, but there it was, like, so odd. I mean, everyone just seemed to know when to stop and when to go. And, you know, they they turn. And I'm like, I don't – I have to look where I'm going. I can't do that. <laughs> well, this, there's probably going to be an app that says you can go now, you can stop now. You know? <laughs> I mean, you've got it on now on car. You know, oh, there's something coming. Uh, so pay attention, get off the phone. Well, you shouldn't be texting while you're driving. Sorry, full stop. And, yep. you know, the other thing, of course, what we're looking at is the disfigurement of humanity as we're going back into, you know, Facebook did it, it did be, you know, the whole thing of, uh, you know, the apes up to the humans and then going back down again, that letter F, because our heads are curvature and our spines are curvature over the damn phone. We're developing new issues, physical issues because of it and carpal and all of that. So, you know, it's, we're not designed, but it's not going to take long, is it, before we're going to have the chip in the head. And uh, in fact, actually, there was a wonderful Outer Limits. I don't know if it was Twilight Zone or Outer Limits um, about everybody just uh, a computer in their head. Anything they needed to know. It, it was there for them. And there was one guy that didn't have the chip. He said it didn't work. So he was the moron uh, when they concerned to them. Nobody knew that there was this 200-year-old computer that was breaking down. And when it did, nobody knew what to do. And now he was the one that was teaching them all because they, you know, he'd taught them how to write, to read, to learn. Um, and then you know, he became a brilliant one. But it's a lesson of using all of this technology as a tool to enhance our lives but not become a slave to it and become lazy because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's so important. Uh, there was also, uh, I think, uh, Elon Musk was actually talking about that. He said, you know, um, the next thing he's working on trying to develop is actually uh, chip technology to kind of help us enhance our ability to think and, and access information. Um, because what he sees when AI comes along, it wouldn't be hard for it to actually say, oh, yeah, we really don't need these humans. They're kind of inefficient models. We can do things better. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, and, and not to mention, there's been so many science fiction movies and books over the last 60, 70 years that have, have pointed to that same that same outcome too so it's kind of like well yeah he could actually be right so maybe he's onto something there <laughs> yes there's uh, i always get the name wrong um um because it's a peculiar name but you know it's about robots that look so human and this one guy goes in to study them and their nature and everything else and of course you know it ends up taking over um echinacea it, no that's, that's herb. i can never get the name of it but it, you know kind of really scary because you know um a humanoid that looks more human than we do you know um and of course you have irobot and everything else but again it's if we become part robot part human which i think is going to be did you ever see um wonderful movie with robert williams um centennial man yes yeah yeah, that was a fantastic film. <laughs> yes. And I think probably we're more going to go that way 
in, in the sense that, you know, organs and this and that are all going to become mechanical, you know, advancements in our brain and things like this, but we're going to be, you know, part human, part matter, part um, robot. I think that might be more the way we're going to go at first anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I know I've seen where they're actually field testing, um, like uh, robotic mechanical hearts and things like that. Um, I think there's a liver maybe as well or a kidney yeah. possibly. I think it's a kidney, yeah, that they're actually working on a mechanical um, you know, kidney. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's something once they figure out how to make the human body accept it. <laughs> I think yes. that's the hardest part is the integration. Um, you know, eventually that's where we'll end up where, you know, cause I mean, human bodies are meant to break down. We, from the moment we're born, we're deteriorating, you know, we're growing, but at the same time we're, we're, we're losing as well. We're just not losing at the same rate we are once we're older. Right. Exactly. That's just, you know, we're not meant to be in these vehicles forever. You know, um, our soul and our spirit carries on. It goes on to next life, next experience. But this body is, you know, has an expiry date. And we're trying to push that envelope, you know, beyond. And perhaps maybe what they should be looking at is how do we actually remember this lifetime's consciousness into whatever we go into next? You know, we do at a soul level at a spirit level, but not at as, as a memory level, because the brain is where the, that uh, programming memory is. How can we take these memories with us uh, beyond life, beyond this life, rather than, you know, trying to sustain the body that really is just getting old and tired? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's been a topic of a lot of uh, uh, science fiction as well with, with um, uh, books like uh, Altered Carbon, by Richard K. Morgan, where they had these little yeah. chips that would implant at their spine and it would record everything they did. So if their body actually expired, they could just be implanted into a new body and, and move on. They made a TV series of it. Did you see it? Yes, it was phenomenal. On I Netflix. loved it. I yes. can't wait for yes. season two. <laughs> yes, no, me too. Yes, and I love that actor as well. And yes, I found that quite intriguing. I love sci-fi. I always find so much reality in sci-fi. You know, it's um, it's... Sometimes it's really kind of far out there and everything, but there's always that common denominator. Do you remember um, the Thunderbirds? I'm really going back now through the 60s, which was a puppetry, you know, um, space show for kids. And I remember there was a big controversy at the time because they were putting out all these, you know, space things in the show that actually were um, government you know uh, in development and they thought they had stolen the plans <laughs> it was just kind of <laughs> life mimicking and uh, um it, that's again goes back to our creativity and our imagination isn't it with, with life expectations i mean this is one thing about the people i interview you know they're when they've taken away that restriction of what they should be how they should be how they must conform when they've taken that all away and become who they really are and with a conviction and a passion to move forward in life and open up to those possibilities, they have discovered creatively, you know, so much more than they ever thought they could of what they can do and opened up so many doors and so many realms and dimensions that, you know, we're scratching the surface to actually understand what we have the ability to do or to learn or where to find that knowledge. I think, again, through podcasting, because of these kind of shows that we can do, we really can open up the minds and the hearts and the souls of people into looking at worlds in a totally different way, our world in a totally different world. 
Definitely, definitely. I mean, and that's so true, you know, the, the like you said about the Thunderbirds, um, you know, there's so many movies or shows or books where it's been like, oh, wow, that's actually real. That's that's now real <laughs> or or that's something yes. we've been working on. We haven't told anybody. There's five people in this room that know what this is. And yes. you guys just wrote about this in a television show. <laughs> and like, like, how yeah. did you find that out? So. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think but you see that oh, that's wait. frequency memory. You know, you know how you, you meet people and, and you're, you're so completely in sync with each other because we've got to remember what we put out into the ether vibrationally is being picked up by somebody who's on that same wavelength, right? That's how it rides. Yes. Yeah. And it's like you don't, you're not even aware of it because it, it comes in on like this subconscious, right. almost spiritual level yes. in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. It's also, you know. <laughs> In, you know, um, but th- that's, I think this is why we see so much innovation kind of moving forward so fast because, you know, people are putting it out there and other people are kind of picking something up. It becomes a, a missing ingredient in something they're doing, you know, suddenly a revelation because of that frequency and that opening up those channel openings. Yeah. It's almost like uh, picking up pieces of a puzzle. You're like, oh, wait, mm. look, that actually fits. Mm. You know, yes. like everybody's sitting at, at different tables with different puzzles and they're like, I don't know what this is. And they just toss it out. And somebody's like, wait a second, that's the one I've been looking for. And I, oh, look, right. wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what life is about, really. We're, you know, we're all in a kind of, a, it's a puzzle that we're trying to work out. We're trying to get the picture off you know, so that we can live it. And in that, I think, again, if, you know, with collaboration, with sharing, with conversation, we're going to pick up those nuggets of pieces of puzzle that will fit into our lives and make more sense out of our lives. And that, again, goes back to the beauty of podcasting and all the diverse people we interview from all walks of life, because there's always a nugget in that podcast that, oh, that's what I've been needing to know, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and being diverse and not just picking like a niche of people though, of course there's nothing wrong with that either, but that's one thing I've really enjoyed is cause I've, you know, I know you have enjoyed, uh, you have also interviewed a, a varied list of people as well. Bust. And, and, yes. and, uh, you know, having that, I mean, just like, wow, you know, I would have never thought I would have learned that lesson from a person who I know very little about what they actually work on. Like, you know, I interviewed somebody who, who was a skateboarder and uh, runs a, uh, is, manages a skateboarding company. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, such profound insights. And I would, I'm like, I had no idea. I was just like, follow your lead, man. You know, we're talking about skateboarding. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, it was, it was really amazing the things I learned. And, and then just so many different people and, and like, picking up those little puzzle pieces like wow that's really cool how i can uh, that fits right there that applies to my life you know yes <laughs> yeah it, it you know all the answers are out there we've just got to be willing to open our eyes hearts souls and minds to to receiving them you know it's uh, and this is the thing is um you know somebody will post something on social media and I, i've got a show for that and i'll post the show whether you listen to it or not is up to you that's your free will if you listen to it, you're going to find somebody else has gone through a similar journey. And these are, this, these are the ingredients they put in their pie. And maybe it's an ingredient or two that you need in your life. But if you're not willing to listen, and if you're not willing to be open to knowledge coming at you from a different way, you're not going to find those missing pieces. So, you know, that responsibility lies on us, doesn't it? The knowledge is there. Are you seeking it? Are you willing to listen to it and learn from it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to go to your, to your thing about us all having our instruments, um, you know, being open to learn uh, is very important. Uh, there was one time I actually was sitting at, uh, uh, at a music store that I, I happened to be working at <laughs> and it was really slow. So I walked into the acoustic room and sat down. I was trying to learn to play a song uh, by Sammy Johns. He was a one hit wonder in the seventies, the song Chevy Van. And I'm sitting there, uh, trying to play the song and I'm like it's not quite right it's uh, something's missing I don't really know what chord it is that I'm missing but I'm missing something so I'm trying to play through it and figure it out and a guy walks into the room and he's like hey you know you're I, I love that song that's one of my favorite songs but you're missing this chord let me show you how to play that and I was mm -hmm. like okay cool so he walks over shows me the chord and sits down and I play it and I'm like wow that was it thank you very much and I, and I look up and he's like, yeah, why? Well, I appreciate, I always appreciate meeting a fan. Um, I'm Sammy Johns. <laughs> so he literally, I've tried to learn his song, and he literally walks into the music store and teaches me how to play the song and then grabs a guitar and sits down and plays it with me right wow. in the middle of the music store. What a memory, like, what a memory. And oh, you know yeah. what? You, you couldn't have coordinated that. You know, this was that wonderful, you know, what I call that little divine intervention that comes in. You know, the channels were open. He got the message and he popped on by, you know, and this is the thing when those type of moments happen in life, they are happening for a reason. And just soak it all up, you know, file it away in, in the heart space and it will always be there. It'll always be that kind of memory that uh, will remind you to live in the moment because you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, just being open to it. Just like, like I said, I just kind of looked up. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind showing me, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm open to learn. I want to learn the song. That's why I'm sitting here playing it. And yeah, I mean, and he was open to teach and it was just, it was a, it was a phenomenal meeting and I, I got to talk to him for a while and learn so much of his story. And, and those are, that's just like not an experience you can get unless like you said, you're open to just yeah. going with that flow and being open when the moment comes and just going with it. And, and I mean, you know, that's a life story that I get to carry with me forever and share with people. And, you know, and that's the way that can be a lot for, for everyone. You know, that's not just all oh, that happened to one guy one time. I mean, obviously I don't know if everybody could meet, meet Sammy John, but you know, there's always those experiences, those opportunities to, to um, meet people or to uh, the cosmic uh, lines yes. cross and, and you end mm. up crossing paths with someone that you never expected to meet in your life that changes you in such a profound way that, you know, you would have never thought possible. And the thing is, is that if we're so busy with our heads down in a phone, or if we're so busy running through life, you're never in the, that space in that moment of being still and allowing life to come to you. You know, um, I, I teach a, a, a course, I'm a, I'm a true colors coach, and I have another program as well called The View of Life. And uh, it's, it's, it is a kind of a reflection where people are now. And what people don't realize is they're so busy. I, either living in the past or rushing forward to the future, that they're not paying attention to the now. And the now is with whatever you're doing in the now is what your future is going to be because that's where the seeding and that's where the, the stabilization is, the balance. Um, and if you keep carrying your past around with you, that's what's going to weigh you down. You take what you need to know from the past and apply it to the now, which will see you forth in the future. But so many people are running forward, constantly chasing something and are missing the signs. Everything you're looking for is here in the now. 
stop and pay attention to it. Absolutely. And it's like, um, that brings to mind like, uh, you know, road signs on the side of the freeway, you know, you're, you're driving and, you know, uh, there's things that you see that, that you come in contact with and you, you uh, need to pay attention because it's not just about getting to that end destination. It's about the journey. And I mean, you know, I, I definitely never look forward to, and I'm sure you don't either like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to be dead in X number of years. So, you know, I'm just trying to work until I get there. No, it's about enjoying life and, yes. and, and meeting people and having those experiences mm. where when you're sitting there, when you actually do get to that point, you're like, you know, I had a really good life. It was a lot of fun. And I don't really think there's anything else I could have done to make it better. You know, like when people ask you like, like for a uh, feedback, like, Oh, is how was your customer service experience today? You know, I want, I want to have that at the end where it's like, how, how was your life? I was like, I got everything, man. I was good. I'm good. You know, go ahead and take me. Yeah. Well, you know, the point is, is did you live? And I think this is why I love doing shows with people who have, you know, near death experiences or who have lost limbs or, you know, burn victims or people that have had a great deal of loss in their life because through their journey, their own self-discovery, going through the process, coming out the other end, they now are in such gratitude for what they have in their life, for what they can do, for life itself as a gift. They get out and they live it. <clears throat> they don't sweat what has been. They don't sweat what's to come. They live it in the now because they know it can go any moment. This is the gift I have in the present. And it's wonderful feeling when you interview those people. They lift you up because their sheer gratitude, joy, joy over living is something that we sometimes get very complacent over. And it's, it rubs off you. It's really wonderful. Yep. So true. So true. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, we're not guaranteed another, another minute, you know, any moment no. be our last. So enjoy it. Uh, be grateful for it. Be, be grateful for that one last opportunity to talk to a friend or a family member or to interview somebody or to, to meet with somebody for coffee or whatever the case may be, because that could be the last time you see them. You never, never know. And what is the regret when somebody loses someone? Oh, I, I hadn't been in touch for a while because, you know, I was busy, but I, I really should have. Or, you know, I was angry words or was pissed off with them over something. And it's like, you know, don't go to bed angry at your spouse, right? You know, or make sure you phone your, your loved ones, your, your parents, your, your brothers and your sisters and let them know, you know, just a nice quick chat. I love you. And it's don't put things off. Because we don't know what's tomorrow. They're either going to be gone, we're going to be gone. We may have another opportunity. Who knows? We don't know. So always make sure that you are addressing the now and the gratitude of the now and make sure they know it too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, you know, not having those regrets, you know, because I mean, I can, I can speak to several points in life where there's family members or friends that have passed away. And I'm like, I wish I would have called them that one last time. You know, so I understand, I definitely yes. understand that because I've got that myself yes. and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have went and visited them that one last time and, mm -hmm. and not missed out on that opportunity because I had to work. I had to do this. I had to do that. I didn't have to, <laughs> nobody was making me. I could have took time off. I could have done that. I could have traveled. So, you know, it was just my own thing. Like I was so caught up in that race, like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to work. I've got to provide, I've got to you know, do this. I've got to do that. And then next thing you know, well, I'm never going to see that person. Uh, again, you know, uh, uh, and be able to talk to them. 
Right. Well, you know, you, you hit on something. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. But well, where is that I want to, or I desire to, or yeah. I choose to? You know, in a lot of the dialogue, we say, if we gotta, then our brain is programmed. Yes, you've gotta, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. If you, if you change it more to, I really want to do this, I desire to do this, I choose to do this, then we're changing that whole programming into doing something that we love, you know, into doing something we desire to do, and not this duty-bound again um, to I've got to. Because, you know, many people, I'm sure you too, have interviewed people that were you know, big CEOs and making big sick figures and had everything that they were supposed to have to be happy, yet they were utterly miserable. And it's only through the cosmic two-by-four <clears throat> that their whole lives kind of crumbled and from those ashes they were reborn into doing something really loved to do, really wanted to do. And they're not making the six figures, but they feel 10-figure rich because they're doing something that they're passionate about. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you have those, you, you like you said, you change that programming to, from have to, got to, to, you know, want to, you know, desire to, and, and it makes all the difference because your mind processes that different. It's, it's even like when we make to-do lists, we're like, okay, these are the top things I have to get done today. These are the, it's okay. I can wait till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, we always prioritize everything by uh, level of priority and, uh, mm -hmm. and changing that programming and changing that to like, okay, well, you know, what do I, what do I want to work on first? What's going to be the most um, beneficial? What's going to give me the best outcome to move to the next project or to the next thing or to the next part of my life? Um, you know, by thinking about it differently, it gives you a different perspective on how life should really go. And, and like you said, it makes you feel 10 figures rich because mm -hmm. you're, you're excited, you're, you're creative, you're, you're, um, you know, in a different place mentally. You're not in this, I have to, I have to, I have to mode where yeah. you feel like you're, you're just being driven and you're not really in control of your life. Yeah, you're living in, in the joy of life by doing something you love. But how do you recognize what you, you know, you love until you learn to love who you are? You know, first and foremost, we have to love ourselves. We have to find something in ourselves that we love. And then we can start attracting people towards us that, that love that loving vibration of you. That's when we discover what we really love to do. And everything comes from that place of love, of heart space, heart consciousness, heart purpose. And when you're in that heart purpose, that's when... You really do open up those doors to that creativity that you've closed the doors to and step into something that's so passionate and so committing that the enrichment is in the progression and the joy of doing it. Um, it's something that many, 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 many of my majority of my guests have experienced. And they say, no matter what happened to me, whatever the loss has been, I'm glad I went through the experience because of who I am and what I'm doing today. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's also true as well. Our experiences uh, shape who we are. So good, bad, or the other. Once we take those those things from our past, what we need from them, and leave the rest in the past where it belongs, um, you know, we can move forward and you know continue to build that future that you know is actually um, what we were supposed to be doing. We find that destiny, that purpose, that um, 
know, that life's mission um, in those things that we've experienced in life and learned mm -hmm. from, grown from, built from, and moved forward into, uh, you know, our, our true self, you know, in the present. You know, as you said, you know, podcasting has opened up your doors. You know, it's opened your doors to becoming an author. It's opened up your doors to meeting new people. It's opened up your doors to discovering so much about yourself. Yep. You know, it's opened up your doors to the service that you give. And, you know, it, it, it's become something that's, you know, been the wind beneath your wings. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Because it's, it's definitely changed me on in ways that I would have never thought possible, you know, and I'm sure the, the same is, you know, true for you as far as everything that you've worked on it's 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 uh open up doors and created paths that didn't seem to even exist or you didn't even know were there yeah. right yes i mean for me it's it's most certainly everything that i've done in life i think has led me to this point and i started this grand age of 57 i'm um, 64 now and coming into my seventh year of hosting um, but the what I've discovered about myself and I've stepped into myself I was rather shattered before I had pieces of me here pieces of me there my puzzle has come together and um, still a couple of pieces missing and uh, you know as I said I'm, I'm changed rebranded to selfdiscoverymedia.com because we're branching out now into um, a business directory for the people that we interview so people can actually see what services they're offering. I've started a self-discovery community organization where we will raise money so we can actually subsidize the services of the people in the directory for people in that redirection whose resources have been challenged. And you know, it's just now that my puzzle just has got bigger and more pieces are needed to go to it, but it's just wonderful. It's a never ending expansion. And it's all coming from that same heart center. It's all got the same common thread. And it's just so wonderful to see it grow and see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, as you, as you start to create, like you said, your puzzle gets bigger, you start to realize like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, you know, there's this whole other section over here I didn't even see. I mean, I don't even know where the corner's at because <laughs> yes. it's all, it's out there somewhere. But right now I'm, I see this corner and I'm building, building out from that and I'll eventually find the quarters, I guess. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, like I'm always referring to us as instruments looking for our orchestra and, uh, yeah. you know, and the I'm very good at putting people together, you know, who have the right instruments for different orchestras and they go off and make music. And so basically what we're doing with our orchestra of life is that, you know, we may only be a 10 piece orchestra when, you know, now we're 20 or maybe we've broken up into several orchestras of different types of genre music. Um, but it is, you know, don't limit yourself. Don't say, well, I'm going to do this until this, or I'm only going to do that. No, just take the journey, walk the path. And what you are meant to do will be presented to you along the path. And you'll know what's right for you and what isn't right for you. Give it a try, discard it, embrace it, shelf it for another day, but just pay attention to it because it's all part of your, you know, your, your backpack in the journey of life. Yeah, yeah, and and one thing that I've actually, uh, I think I've mentioned a couple times on my podcast is, uh, you know, a lot of people sit there, and I was one of them, who uh, sit there and wait for opportunity to knock on the door. You know, always hear that mm -hmm. you know opportunity knocks only once. Uh, but you know, one thing that I discovered is that when I actually stepped out my door, forgot about waiting for opportunity to show up, and actually just mm -hmm. started my journey, 
opportunities start chasing me down with a stick. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, um, everybody's waiting for Amazon delivery. Well, I'm sorry. No, life isn't like that. You know, life is, is get out into nature. Go and take that untrodden path. Go and see everything you need is out there waiting to be given to you. But it's not going to come to you knocking on your door. You are going to have to get out there and experience it, interact with it, become a part of it, be aware of it, and know, you know, put what you need in your backpack of life and, and explore. And, you know, today in this chapter, you may be this, tomorrow in another chapter, you may be that. Allow it to happen. Don't dictate how your life should be. Go with that flow and you'll really understand where your journey is going to go. Yeah, very true, very true. So, so um, you know, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and for being a part of my show uh, and, and and allowing me to be a part of your show. Uh, it's just been it's been magical getting to talk to you, especially you know all of the different things that just we just seem to click on. You know, it's it's been uh, it's <laughs> yes. been a blast, especially science oh, yeah. and 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 all of that. And and um, you know, as far as what you're doing and you're branching out into. Um, into the uh, more media focus instead of just podcast focus. Um, how, how's the best way, I know you'd mentioned your website, uh, uh, but uh, how's the best ways to get in touch with you, find out what you're doing, to connect with you, to plug in and to uh, become a part of this movement or to support this movement or what you're doing? Okay, well, whether you wish to be a guest or a host or just do a series, you can contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com, info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. My site is selfdiscoverymedia.com. If you're just wanting to see all those beautiful 24, 2300 beautiful shows of wisdom there, ready for the clicking. Um, you can see my other hosts that I've had there too and hosts that I have currently. I uh, also invite you to go and look at the selfdiscoverycommunity.org. That is our philanthropy site. That is where we will be doing the collective books, where we're raising money for the kitty to help people, um, you know, get back up on their feet. And also uh, the building of the directory right now. You've had to have a show with us. That show is your why. And then uh, what we do is we develop a business page for you of all about your services. And that, that platform is on both sites. And as I said, as we raise money on the community side of it, it will afford to subsidize the services from people that are in the directory. So we're expanding out. But first and foremost, go to www.selfdiscoverymedia.com and all the information is right there. Plus your show and all the other beautiful, wonderful, wise shows that I've done with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. And uh, as always, talking to you is. Um, and um, uh, again, thank you. Most definitely. And as I know you love sci-fi, I've certainly got some people to send to you, <laughs> you know, that uh, the, the conduit writing of what they've done and, and uh, you know, the books that have just come out of them. And, uh, you know, that I know you're going to get a kick out of them. Sure. So I will definitely link you up with those people. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, again, what people say, why are you interviewing uh, other podcasters? Aren't you in competition? I said, no, competition is in my vocabulary. Collaboration is. Because there's enough for everybody. And we've all got a slightly different perspective on things. So, you know, it's, we're speaking to all those that can hear us in a different way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on, David. True oh. Honor and uh, and I love having you on me. So I invite you to come back and listen to your show with me, which is under the ignite your heart and soul genre. Fantastic, 
fantastic. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that is pretty difficult to get the word out there, but that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite, or reach out to David and he will help you get to me. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand.